couldn't sleep at all that night. Welcome all you sunrisers and moonrisers to Sleepless in Studio City, a safe place for discussing what's keeping your mind, body, and spirit from sweet, sound slumber. Your host, Dr. Debs, a celebrated columnist, lauded love, romance, relationship, and dating coach, offers simple, soothing solutions and heartfelt help. Dr. Debs will discuss topics such as finding and keeping the love you deserve, dating, marriage, parenting, setting boundaries, breaking the cycle, breaking up, following your dreams. We respect your privacy and will not reveal names or contact info. If you'd like your questions answered during a show but are hesitant to call in, please feel free to write Dr. Debs at sleeplessinstudiocity at gmail.com and she will address your concerns on the next broadcast. You can also find updates and weekly affirmations on Facebook slash Sleepless in Studio City. And now, without further ado... Here's Dr. Debs. Thank you, Zach, for that energizing introduction. Always a pleasure and honor to be here with all you night owls for another exciting episode of Sleepless in Studio City. Stay tuned for our magical musical interlude. I'll be presenting the amazing vocalist, Mary Jo Mundy, and a live telephone interview. We'll be talking about the meaning of music in her life, advice for aspiring artists, and what she thinks is the key to finding and keeping love. You won't want to miss it. And we'll be hearing a specially selected tune from her magnum opus, The 14th Confession, Songs of Laura Nero, my hero. It's a Laura Nero week in honor of her passing. I was thinking about how many of us won't ever see symptoms of the coronavirus, but we can certainly revel and relish in the blessings in healing the pandemic has presented for us. From the very worst to the very best, such a closeness, a connection on a deep, meaningful level. I've never experienced this kind of apocalyptic moment in my lifetime. In the same vein, I've never experienced such an outpouring of kindness, compassion, gentle spirits and souls. Maybe it's simply that with all the stress and anxiety, we have no other option but to set boundaries with ourselves and others. I mean, who can handle someone raging and who can even handle raging themselves in this moment? Okay, so we can't touch physically, but we can touch emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, psychologically, mentally, and in every other way. It's not just our bodies that need to be touched, but our minds and spirits. Yeah, it feels great to be touched. We're all missing that right now. Even infants die without being touched. It's that crucial. I believe that people of any age can die of loneliness from lack of touch. For example, the elderly, 
who are left alone by relatives or society and shunned when hugs and kisses are presented to them. Touching's the great equalizer, as we all know, by having great makeup sex. It keeps us connected when words and other forms of communication won't suffice, when there's misunderstanding. Physical touch is a great way to recommune after separations. If all else fails, even in the throes of a temper tantrum or raging tempers, a hug can make everything okay. A hug can right all wrongs. A hug can make you feel safe and secure, especially when you're feeling worthless, unlovable, fearful, hopeless. Ah, the wonders of the human touch. It can lull us to sleep with a gentle caress. It can soothe our frantic minds after a tough day at work with a sweet stroke and hands-on contact via a neck rub or even more intense pressure point treatments. A romantic, fun-filled fondling says, I love you. Roughhousing can say you matter. Nuzzling in the middle of the night, spooning, ah, those wonderful pleasures I miss emphatically. The endearing, enduring embrace when you don't want to let go. Vis-a-vis the Gilmore girl stance as they exclaim, still hugging to continue their embrace ad infinitum. Haven't you wanted to just hold on and never, ever let go? When you're in a comfy, cozy, cuddly embrace? Okay, enough on the glory of hugging. And on to the solution of the new, no-feely, touchy normal. (laughs) Say goodbye to the old ideas and welcome ways to have that same sense in other unique forms. You say, how on earth do we come into contact with, meet, join, connect, converge, be continuous with our loved ones when we can't be in their presence less than six feet apart. How do we let someone know they have an effect on us, that they matter? How do we feel that same kind of closeness as the physical connection brings? How do we move someone's heart and soul to tug at their heartstrings without touching, to leave an impression on them? Well, check it out. You can still hold someone in your arms. Clasp them to your bosom. Squeeze, clutch, caress, enfold, enclasp, canoodle, clinch. I've been having air hugs with my daughter, rocking her, singing to her. I'm starting to feel as though we're actually skin to skin, body to body, encircled, enveloped, entwined around each other, and I don't want to let go. Speaking of our senses, how about considering the other senses? I mean, when a person loses one sense, the other senses become heightened. Why not use that similar concept during corona times by concentrating on how you can accentuate the other senses? Sight, smell, hearing, taste, and even that sixth sense, that sixth language of love I talk about all the time. One of the definitions of sense is a keen intuitive awareness of or sensitivity to the presence or importance of something. That is right on. (laughs) That's right on point. And apropos, we can definitely indicate our sensitivity to the importance of the people in our lives. This is an opportune time to summon up the courage to be vulnerable and reveal your true feelings, the hidden secret sensitivities you haven't been able to express previously. The one I talk about in my spiels on the sixth language of love. Check out my YouTube five-minute excerpt on my sleepless in Studio City pay. Maybe the corona cred is giving us permission in the moxie we're craving. Perhaps the corona is creating a universe of 
authenticity, the chutzpah to be vulnerable, to be true, not only to ourselves, but to all those in our caress. What a blessing, a gift you can bequeath upon everyone you care about. There's no material presence necessary, but rather a spiritual, emotional presence. It won't cost you a dime. Simply let everyone you've encountered yesterday, today, and tomorrow know how significant they are to you, how consequential, momentous, of great import, major, critical, crucial, vital, pivotal, decisive, urgent, weighty, material, and impactful. Forget the essential businesses remaining open. Each of us must remain open for the essential business at hand, which is communicating honestly from your heart and soul with those essential in your life, telling them verbally their main, chief, principal, key, salient, prime, foremost, overriding, fundamental, number one. That's precisely what we've been starving for hearing how valuable, highly prized, beneficial, of concern, interest, pertinent we are to each other. You can use your sense of speaking to verbally utter daily what I just said above. Use your own vocabulary, whatever that may be, to hug a verbal form of hugging. Rather than using words as weapons to put down, degrade, demean, criticize, judge, condemn, you can use words to hold, to support, nurture, lift up, caress, squeeze, and canoodle. Just hearing the sound of verbal hugging brings me a kind of peace and calm. I can breathe again. I can let go, relax. I don't have to be in hyper alert. I can recollect, visualize that I am safe, protected within the confines of my own home, my own hearth, my own heart, my own soul, my own chi, essence, and psyche. Next time you want to welcome someone with open arms, remember that although it's currently not allowed, you can still welcome them with open words, with positive language, even if you're six feet apart, even on the phone, FaceTime, Zoom, Skype, whatever form of communication you've adopted. Ha! Adopting. What a remarkable idea. Imagine you're adopting everyone you meet up with. Consider treating each other and each human being as you would a beloved pet or child that you are going to consider adopting. We're all in this together. There's no separation. That's impossible right now. It's moot, irrelevant, a non sequitur. The biggest corona blessing of all is being forced to come together right now. Stat! The universe isn't huge anymore. No one's far away anymore. We've all been reduced to one common place. Our own Living rooms, no matter what city, country, hemisphere you reside in, we're in the same space, sharing the same vibration. How we act inside our own homes will reverberate to every other living, breathing entity, albeit man, animal, plant. Recognize you are necessary, indispensable, paramount, 
and central to curing this virus and keeping it from spreading. I don't mean the physical virus. I mean the spiritual virus we've been living with for eons. The virus that has caused meanness, unkindness, belligerence, fear, hostility, animosity, anger, resentment, ire, wrath, bigotry, discrimination, the seven deadly scenes, etc., etc., etc. That is the war we're fighting on the global front in our own backyards, the one we've always fought through the ages. The only antidote is love, compassion, kindness, tolerance, gentleness, grace, integrity, nobility. No other vaccine will kill the virus, the epidemic, and save civilization from destruction. Now it's time for our caller. Hello there. Welcome to Sleepless in Studio City. I'm Dr. Debs, and who am I speaking with? This is Sarah. Hi, Sarah, and where are you calling from? I'm in Silver Lake, California. Silver Lake, I love it. It's such an arty, crafty place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right up my alley. So what's on your mind tonight? What's keeping you from sweet, soft slumber? Oh, well, probably the same thing as everybody else. You know, just haven't really been sleeping. I don't think anybody's doing much sleeping lately because of what's going on and being in quote-unquote prison right now. Um, so, yeah, just sort of being on this crazy schedule. Um, I work at an office normally, so I haven't been working today for a whole month. Um, and I've been home in prison for <laughs> a month also. So, yeah, just kind of like trying to, you know, get by day-to-day -day and not totally lose my mind. But it's it's fun. <laughs> what kind of things are you doing to get by? Um, well, I've been watching a lot of shows, and at the beginning I tried to, like, still stay on a schedule, you know, get up and, like, put in my contacts, take a shower, do my makeup, and that sort of stopped, <laughs> except when I have a video call to do, and then I'll, you know, get more dressed. But, um... I mean, just kind of one day at a time, really, because it's too difficult to think too far ahead. Um, but I've been going on walks, like, every, every day or every other day with my mom and been on FaceTime with her, like, pretty much 24-7. We have a dog, so that's nice. And, um, oh, how nice. Yeah. I heard that all the shelters are empty now because everybody's adopted pets because they don't want to be alone and they figure, well, they're home now, so they might as well devote their time. And I think that's so wonderful. Yeah, I read an article that I think it was in Riverside. I'm not sure that they an entire shelter or dog rescue was completely empty, like every dog got adopted. So Yay, well, that's a corona blessing. Yeah, that was a good a good thing. Do you um, have any other corona blessings that you've discovered about this time? Yeah, I think I've been talking about it a lot with people, but I think that like you know, it people are coming together kind of in a way that I don't think we've seen in probably ever in my lifetime really to be honest. Um but just connecting with people that you don't normally connect with. Like, my birthday was actually the first week of this. So, 
you know, obviously couldn't do what I was planning, <laughs> but I got to get on video calls with, like, all of my friends, I mean, from everywhere, like high school, college, you know, more recent friends, my family, people I haven't talked to in, like, ages that I would never talk to otherwise, um, and that I see once a year or talk to once a year, if that, and it was really cool, because I was like, well, that's cool that, you know, I got to see a handful of people that I normally wouldn't even think to see, and then friends I have that are not in the state that I've been getting to keep in touch with that I normally can't just, you know, because we don't have time and different schedules and all that, and now everybody's at home, so there's actually time to talk to people and reconnect and all of that. Um, so, I mean, that's been really cool, and I think a lot of people are noticing that, at least as maybe the only positive. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I love calling people, and they actually pick up the phone. You know, and you know they're there, and then people say, if you do pick up the phone, they're like, well, where are you? And someone said to me the other day, well, I'm on a date. I have a date with my toothbrush in the other room, you know, or my, a date <laughs> with my vacuum or a date with my microwave. Yeah. So, yeah, well, that's a good blessing, people coming together. Any other blessings you've noticed? Uh, I don't know. I mean, just, I mean, that in general, and then, I mean, obviously, I'm, like, grateful that I'm, that I do have people that I can count on and that I can talk to and all of that. Cause I actually drove to do the, um, like to pick up groceries or whatever the other day, which if people don't know, you can do it online and you don't have to get out of your car. So I discovered that, um, <laughs> if you do Ralph's or Whole Foods on Amazon, you can just drive there and they put it in your trunk. So it's very, very safe. So that's nice. But I was driving and I, seeing all these like homeless people under the freeway way more than we normally do and um it was just kind of like really like depressing but then made me grateful for my situation because I was like I mean I have like a roof you know like some people don't even have that and they're if anything going to be more likely to get infected because they don't have supplies they don't have anything they're just standing out there Aww. and you know, it's really, and all of those people that are not able to pay rent, I'm sure a lot of those people weren't homeless before, so that was, like, a depressing thing, but a gratitude thing for me in the sense that, like, I got to see, you know, be grateful for what I do have right. at that time. Oh, I love it. Well, I think that's a lot of people are realizing what's important, and you just said it, family, friends, having a roof over your head things that we take advantage of normally on a regular basis. So thank you for all of that, because I think a lot of people can relate. What are some of the challenges, the corona challenges? The challenges are every everything. How long do you have? Um, <laughs> Go ahead. No, We've got all night. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, everything. I mean, the hardest for me is that, like, I am trying to do the six feet Thing with my mom and like normally I know a lot of people are not like touchy-feely so it doesn't really matter but we're like very very touchy-feely so it's like incredibly gut-wrenchingly difficult but I'm too paranoid of passing anything and I don't know a lot of people don't get that but I feel like people are being not careful and I'm sure we're being way too careful and it's not necessary but like I don't know. It's just not worth the risk. Like, I hear people saying, oh, I did this, I did that, I 
was with this person, that person, and I'm like, do you understand that, like, just by being in the presence of that person, if you're not six feet away, you're, like, putting them or yourself at risk? Like, I just, I don't know, and I think I'm, like, really being overly dramatic, and I understand that, but I just, when it's somebody that is, like, your whole life, and that, like, you'll literally die if anything happens to them, like, literally die, it's not worth risking. Like, I'd rather just not do it, so I've been trying, so we have been, like, like I said, walking all the time or, like, hanging out outside, but at six feet, because it's just, like, I can't, I'm just, it's too scary, and I mean, the people that are being overly cautious, even doctors and stuff, are, like, the only way to be totally safe is to do the six feet thing. Right. So, and I also sneeze a lot. I'm, like, very allergic to everything, so I sneeze and cough, like, all the time. Wow. So I'm very, like, I'm paranoid, like, what if I have it, what if I have it? And granted, neither of us have left the house in a month, except for, like, you know, to pick up food. But it's, like, so, I mean, percent <laughs> it's fine. Right. But I don't know. Then they're, like, what if you're carrying it and you have no idea? And it's, like, you might never know, but then pass it in the other part. I don't know. I just, it's, there's so many unknowns that, like, I just don't even know. And I feel like everybody thinks I'm being crazy, but I'm, like, I would rather be crazy than be, like, the point oh oh one percent of people that messes it up. I hear so you. I hear you. Part. They say it's that's worse. By far the worst part. Oh. Like by far. It's really hard on people who are living alone and don't have another person there because it's just the four walls and them. But people who were already living together, I imagine that it's a little bit easier for them because they're not actually alone. There's someone else there. Although I've heard the other case where some couples are fighting or not getting along because they're not used to being together that much. There's both sides of the coin. I think it depends, because, I mean, I I live alone anyway, normally, but I normally can, like, see my, well, see my mom, not more, but, like, in closer vicinities, <laughs> so it's, like, different, but I don't mind, like, I don't mind living alone, I think it's just the fact that, like, you can't go anywhere or do anything, Right. so it's, like, I mean, i rather that than being, I'm not good at being stuck with someone 24-7. Also, just because it's a different circumstance right now. Like, if you're with somebody right now, you are with them. Like, literally all the time, 24-7, because you can't go anywhere. Right. So it's, like, different than, I mean, if you, when we're working and all of that, it's, like, you're 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like, I don't know. And I have friends that are with their significant others that are, like, losing it and literally might my friend told me the other day she, like, screamed at her boyfriend to just, like, go on a walk because she's like, oh, my God, just get out of this, like, apartment <laughs> and um, so, it, it, you know, it goes both ways. Like, it's, I think neither is good. It's kind of like uh, the grass is always greener, like, if you could do half and half. Like, if you could have a week on and a week off or something, but there's going to be issues either way. Exactly. Like the people that are with someone are, I'm sure, wishing they're alone and then vice versa. It's like, because you got stuck. And I said to my other friend, I was like, you know, I wish they had given me like 24 hours to be like, where do you want to get stuck for the next two months? (laughs) You know, and they didn't. It was just sort of like I woke up Monday morning and then I was like, well, I guess that's it then. (laughs) Like I didn't have time to be like, oh, this is where I want to go spend time. Like my other friend, she's in, you know, at her... Uh, like vacation house in in Park City and it's like this huge house with all this space and I was like I wish they had told me because I would have gone there and been like 
you know, have a two-month vacation in this, like, huge house with my friends. Like, cool. But you know what I mean? It's like nobody gave you a chance to to figure out what you want to do. It's just you woke up, and wherever you were, that was kind of it. Right. It's like a come-as-you-are party. You don't get a chance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just was, it was what it was. And then I was debating, like, just going over to my mom's and just staying there. But then when we knew this was happening was when they said, six feet apart right. and don't go inside and all of that and I was like well now I'm too paranoid because I was out and about all of last week so like <laughs> you know oh. it just was like I don't know there's nothing I don't even remember what your question was but <laughs> that, it was about being alone or being with someone else and what you said oh about, that was my rant yeah. yeah but what you said about the grass greener on the other side I don't think it's any different in normal times than it is now because a lot of people who are a couple are ready to take a break and the people that are alone, oh, I just wish I had someone. That's something that has carried over from what I call the old normal to the new normal. <laughs> I think it's just elevated and escalated because, like I said, we're not doing our normal life. Exactly. So those feelings that you would normally have when it's like a long weekend or a vacation or I don't know what and you're, you wouldn't have to sit at home alone because you would be going somewhere and you wouldn't have to sit there with your significant other because you could go somewhere. Right. It's just not, I think it's, yeah, it, it is always a grassroots greener, but not to such an extent because you have ways to fix it. Exactly. This is like you literally cannot do anything. So oh. it's, it, you, you know whatever your practices of getting by in normal day-to-day life is no longer an option. Hmm. And I think that's why, like, you know, everybody's still freaking out and up all night and all of that. Like, there's no, your normal survival, ways of survival are not available. I like people being up all night to keep me company. And on that note, we're going to take a brief station break, but we'll be right back to hear more from Sarah in Silver Lake. The moment you've been waiting for, our magical musical interlude featuring the amazing vocalist Mary Jo Mundy, live in a telephone interview. Welcome to the show, Mary Jo. It's an honor and pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Nice to be here. (laughs) I wanted to start out hearing a little bit about your history or her story, as I call it, and how you first came to love music? Well, I've been singing since I was five. Uh, my first performance was at a church when I was five. I got a standing ovation and never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I really have been performing my whole life. I went to uh, college for musical theater at the University of Arizona. I uh, fell in love with doing theater and music theater. And then I moved from there to Chicago, where I got involved with cabaret and started doing cabaret shows and loved it and fell in love with that art form. And then when I moved out to L.A. uh, after Chicago, I started an open mic uh, 20 years. It's been running 20 years at the Gardenia Supper Club. Um, Still there on Tuesday nights. Well, not right at this moment, of course. Um, We're all on hiatus because of what's going on in the world. But but this year is the 20th anniversary of that um, that open mic, so it's it's been pretty uh, a pretty great journey, and I I love music, I love cabaret, and I love supporting other artists, and um, that's pretty much it. Wow. <laughs> We're still doing a show there too. It sounds <laughs> wonderful. And speaking yeah. of music, what is the meaning of music in your life? 
Well, music for me is uh, is my higher power. I really do connect with music on a spiritual level. It's it's really where I feel closest to God, where I feel closest to people, the connection. Um, especially in an art form like cabaret, I really believe that like you send the love out to people and then they send it back to you. So it's a it's an immediate uh, visceral connection with people, and it's it's just it's just a beautiful thing. So Aww. music is very meaningful in my life. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Do you have um, some artists that inspired you along the way? Oh, my gosh, there's so many. Well, first and foremost is Barbara Streisand. Um, and Barbara Streisand, I've been very blessed to actually uh, be able to have a, an incredible journey uh, having her in my life and uh, ended up actually being her personal assistant for a while. So um, so it's been, been kind of quite the journey um, musically to be able to have your, you know, your idol be somebody who you actually go and work for. It was pretty incredible. Wow. And, um, yeah. <laughs> How did that come about? Well, I actually, um, I've been a personal assistant for about 20 years, and I worked for Gary Smith uh, before Barbara, and Gary is Barbara's producer. And, um, oh, talk about, he's such a, a great guy. He's still in my life. I love him so much. And, um, well, you know, I consider him family. And so after he retired, <clears throat> I think he retired in, like, somewhere in, like, 90, well, not 90, sorry, in 2009, sorry, 2009, 2010, um, I went and, and worked for her for a while. <clears throat> That's what happens in your personal system. People pass you along to other people. So, oh. um so it was kind of kind of a beautiful beautiful thing, and so first and foremost would be her. Um, and I got to like sing, and I got to sing in her timeless concerts, and um, you know that it, it that would be like I said a show in and of itself. But my whole my whole connection there is just a beautiful thing. But she's she's who made me want to be a singer, and then um, after that, I have a few others. Uh, there's a Christian singer named Evie. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but. She really, um, her album, and it's called Mirror, uh, that caught me through my childhood, I'm telling you. She's a Christian singer, and I, I loved and adore her. And then I love Carmen McRae. Um, she's a jazz singer, uh, one of my favorite jazz singers. Uh, Nancy Lamont, Eva Cassidy, of course, uh, and then Laura Nero, uh, of course, because I just did her album, and I, I love and adore her music. Um, and I love singers from that era, from the, from the 70s. Melissa Manchester, and, and there's just so many. Joni Mitchell, I mean, that that was a great era. Yeah. Yes, my favorite era. So yes. tell me what inspired you about Laura Nero to do a tribute CD. Well, Laura Nero, it's interesting. I had I was singing uh, in a, in an event, and a friend of mine who I worked for, his name was Jim Green, came up to me afterwards. He had never heard me sing, and he came up to me and said, "You know what? You really should do a Laura Nero show." And I was like, "Really?" And he's like, you absolutely said should. And so I went and I was like, really? Like, I, I had to kind of wrap my brain around it. Me, Laura Nero? I mean, she had such an interesting voice, very interesting style. And so I went and listened um, to, to some of the stuff I hadn't listened to. Like, I knew a lot of the, the big numbers, but I hadn't listened to a lot of her, like, really obscure stuff. And I started listening to all that, and then I just realized, like, it was, it was kind of the perfect match with me. I, I don't I don't know. I just loved I loved her lyrics. I loved how everything was you know, she used to describe her music in colors. She's very um it was also a spiritual thing for her, you know, writing and performing was such a spiritual thing and music, you know, is that in my life. I thought, wow, what a what a better journey than to take on Laura Nero. 
So I ended up um, getting together with my pianist, uh, Ross Calling, and I said, listen, if we can, you know, do something interesting with this, I don't want to just do another, you know, tribute show. I want to do something that's unique and do some of her arrangements uniquely, but then also do some of her arrangements, like, spot on for people who are huge fans and, you know, want to hear, you know, Eli's coming exactly how it's, how it's sung. And um, we got together and did a version of um, Never Meant to Hurt You, and I knew that when we sat down and did that arrangement, I said, okay, got it. This, this is the show. This is, this is right. He was the right musical director, right pianist, and, um, and it was the right decision because oh. uh, I'm, I'm really proud of that track and really proud of, of the show and what we did. I love it. That's my favorite tune. I never meant to hurt you. When I first got introduced to her music and I got a songbook, so I played all her tunes on the piano, but that one really spoke to my heart. I would just play that over and over. I played it so much that that particular song came out of the binding of the songbook because <laughs> I had played it so much. So oh I God. love that song, and yeah, I know she's too. got like a three-octave range. Do you have yeah. that kind of range? Yeah, and when you listen to the CD, I absolutely do. I have oh. a, a higher... I have a higher uh, register that, that I'm able to kind of flip up to those notes that she was able to. And then I have a, a, a chesty belt as well. So, yeah, wow. I, I definitely have that range. And, and I think that's why my friend Jim Green thought it would suit me so well because he just, he you know, he heard something in me. And, and uh, yeah, so oh. I, I really loved singing it. It made me a different singer. I will say that, too. You know, singing her music, I had to sing it in a different way than I would a standard or a jazz tune or anything like that or a musical theater tune. Her lyrics lend themselves to a really colorful interpretation uh, vocally, and it was really just a really wonderful thing to kind of find my way. I wasn't doing a Laura Nero impression. I was doing Mary Jo interpreting and singing Laura Nero. So it was it was great to find my voice in her music. Oh, that sounds yeah. wonderful. I'm so excited. <laughs> and speaking Yay. of uh, Laura Nero, what tune are we going to hear tonight? Well, the one we just spoke of, which is I Never Meant to Hurt You, the, the original arrangement that Ross and I did. And this is the, the first time we sat down and thought about doing Laura Nero, and we, we came up with this very different and interesting arrangement of it. So oh, I'm like so it. excited. And who else is on the track? Well, it's, this one is just my, myself and Ross. On the CD, I have a full band. Um, I have uh, three other pieces. Guitar was Tony Mandrakia. It was amazing. Um, John Gannon on Cajon Drum, which was, oh, so fun. Jonathan Richards on bass. And then I had two backup singers, um, Alexis Fagach and Andrea Ross Green, who oh. backed up with me. So the, the CD has a full band, okay. but this song is just Ross and I, piano and myself. Oh, well, it sounds absolutely incredible. I'm so excited. Now, what was it called? It's called The 14th Confession, the songs of Laura Nero. So it was a take, you know, her most famous was uh, Eli and the 13th Confession. So I called it The 14th Confession. Oh, I love it. The 14th Confession. And who is the producer of this magnum opus? Oh, her name is Hillary Rollins, and she is a dear friend of mine and a love, and it's just such a, she's such an amazing person to work with, because she, you know, took on this love fest with me, and um, and she loves Laura Nero, too, so it was really, it was wonderful to work with her, yeah, she was great. Oh, and speaking of it, Laura Nero, you know, she just passed 
a couple of yeah. days ago on Wednesday. Oh, I got chills yeah. just thinking of yeah. it. When I did the original show, by the way, we did it April 8th and 9th, um, <gasps> and that was 2016. Oh. I did it on the anniversary, yeah, <gasps> actually, so that I could honor her. And I, she was, I think at that time, um, I was 40, yeah, I was about to turn 48, as a matter of fact, the age. <gasps> uh, and I tell the whole story, I know, I tell the whole story of, of her life. In the show, I kind of, you know, gave the whole story and, and the, the background and everything that happened. and. She has such an interesting story, too. I don't know if you read uh, Michelle Court's book. I her, haven't. But, uh, I haven't. Oh, it's such a good book. Yeah. Wonderful. Great information about Laura and uh, and her whole life. So that was my, my main reference point uh, for the show. And what were Michelle some Court. of the highlights that you spoke about during that? Well, it's interesting because um, I, I, I told her whole story, her whole life story, but, you know, she had a very different love life. You know, the fact that she was... Um, you know, with men, but then at the end of her life, she was with a woman, Maria Desiderio. Um, that was a very interesting point for her life. So she didn't really, you know, didn't have a conventional life. Um, the fact that she had one child was very interesting. And, you know, of course, she had, uh, there'll be one child born, you know, in, in her oh, dog. And yes. That is interesting that she had one child. And, um, and then just the, the fact that she, you know, she died of this disease that, you know, took her, her mother, took her lover, Maria Desiderio, and took Michelle Court. You know, they all died of ovarian cancer, and oh. uh, it, it's just a very, very poignant point to the whole thing. It, it, I don't know. I just, I thought she had such a very, a very interesting life and a very interesting story. And, of course, there's the whole David Geffen part of her life. So I talked a lot about that and did funny uh, and, and talked about, about that whole uh, relationship as well. So, yeah, she had, she had quite the life, quite the life. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I hope you will do that show again, maybe next year on April 8th. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was supposed to go this year to New York, actually. I was booked in New York, and we'll see what happens with the world as it is, but I was going to actually take it and go to New York and, and debut in New York. So hopefully, hopefully that will happen in the future. Oh, well, they will love you there because that's her hometown, New yeah. York Tenderberry. So, yes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Do you have you. any advice for aspiring artists? Um, you know, my advice is to get out and sing as much as you can. You know, the thing that has really helped me over the years is, is that I have sung as much as I possibly can at open mics, um, you know, at any events that people ask me to be part of, demos, I've done demos for people. And I just say, you know, keep putting yourself out there and, and keep singing no matter what. And especially in a time like this, you know, people are making music and making art even while the world is shut down, which is amazing. And I, I just think it's such a beautiful thing. So oh. find your voice, keep singing, um, keep putting yourself out there, and um, we'll all be okay. Yes, yes. Hear ye, hear ye. And especially now, music is so healing. The world yeah. needs it. I think it's one of the biggest healers out there. And it's spoken in the same language no matter where you are. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. Shout out to music. And since this show is about love, I was wondering what you think is the key to finding and keeping love in your life. Mm. Well, let's see. I've been married... 34 years now, um, and I married my high school sweetheart, uh, Jim Bruce. He's a great guy, yeah. And I would say the key is, is you know, it really is unconditional love, you know, finding somebody who unconditionally loves you, which isn't the easiest thing. Um, but I think it's also 
opening yourself up to receiving love. A lot of people can't receive love or feel they don't deserve love. And I had one of those lives in childhood that were, you know, if you looked at it, you'd be like, what? Uh, there's, there's no way that this woman would, would receive and accept love as long as I have, but, but I have, and I think, I think it really is a gift to receive from people, receive love from people, and, um, you know, a lot of people have to have certain conditions, things have to be a certain way, and they have to be this, and, and I, I just never put any of those roadblocks up when it came to love, and I think I'm very lucky, um, you know, to, to have love in my life as long as I have. Wow. So. <laughs> now that's yeah. inspiring so many years to, <laughs> that you're together. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. it. Oh, well, congratulations. You. you get kudos Thank for you. that. And yeah. I love what you said about receiving because that's so true. It is yeah. very, very hard to receive. For wonderful words of wisdom. Anything mm. else you'd like to say to your fans before we hear your tune? Um, no, just I just hope people will, once we're through this crazy time in our world, I hope people will go back out and, and enjoy live music because there's something really magical and beautiful about it. Um, you know, come to the open mic at the Gardenia. It's now hosted by Carrie Kelsey. Um, she's running it and doing a, a great job, and it's a loving, wonderful place to go and sing on Tuesday nights. Um, and then I also, I'm, I'm doing a residency there uh, called The Right to Cabaret. We do that once a month. I think it's every third Saturday. So once the world opens up and we get back to music, I hope people will come out and support us and um, and come out and sing because it's, it's really the best thing to do this time. So. I love it. Well, I will definitely be there. Okay, <laughs> good. Thank you so much. Without further ado, we're going to hear Mary Jo Mundy in her version of the Laura Nero tune, I Never Meant to Hurt You. Take it away, Mary Jo. It's fair. 
How great was that? And welcome back to the show, Sarah. We were talking about the new normal of the coronas being home and whether it's easier to be alone or to be in a couple or to be with your family or not being with your family and the challenges and the blessings that are coming our way. And you were talking about some of the challenges and figuring out whether to be closer than the six feet or farther away or to see other people and how you're handling all of that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all of those things. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's just like that's been my thing. The whole, but now I'm like, wow, it's already been a whole month, which is just crazy to me because I've been, you know, and then I have days I'm fine and then I have days where I'm like literally losing my mind, just can't take it. And two of my girlfriends actually just said the same thing. My friend said she was reading, like, something about Weird Al, and she just started crying. Like, everybody's totally losing it. It's, like, really, like, out there. We're all just kind of on one. Oh. But um, I don't know. I don't think there's a right answer. 
and I keep thinking, like, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? Like, whatever. And I'm just, like, I feel almost, like, paralyzed because I don't, I'm so afraid of, not actually of, like, the coronavirus, as weird as that is. Like, I'm not worried about, like, me having it or, like, I, the world will be fine or whatever, which sounds so stupid. But it's, like, I'm worried about, like, the people I care about because I don't want to be around them and have something happen. So my my concern is more of, like, an immediate concern, which I guess is, like, selfish, but I can't think about the global thing because it's too much, and, like, what can I do? I can't do anything. So, you know, it's more about just protecting, like, the people I love and the people I care about, and, like, like I was saying with my mom, it's, like, I just, that's all I can do is, like, focus on me and focus on that and, like, make sure that we get food and make sure that we're, like, healthy and we have masks and we have this and we have that. So I can take care of those people, and then obviously, like, you know, I'm donating money and stuff online. But it's, like, I can't I can't do much, you know, globally. I can only do, like, my immediate area. Actually, you are doing something amazing on a global basis because it all starts in your own backyard. Nobody can start by changing the whole universe, the planet, the country, the city. It really does start in your own backyard. And so what you're doing, Sarah, by taking care of yourself and your family, you are helping the whole universe. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's all we can do about anything, even without the corona pandemic and how to deal with that, how we can change politics, how we can change the economy, how we can change how we treat each other. It all starts right in our own backyard. So you're doing it. Whatever you're doing, even if you're just getting food for one other person, you're helping the whole planet. Kudos to you, because it sounds like you are so dedicated. I can hear from your voice, you are so dedicated to helping those that you care about and that you love. And so lucky those people are to have you in their life, because that's a rarity. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm doing nothing, but I'm just like, I. that's like become my job now, because I'm also like kind of like a work like I like working like I like having a task and I like having a job to do and I in my regular job there's stuff happening but like there's not much I mean I normally work full time all the time like and I have a couple things to do here and there but I'm not busy like I usually am so I've made it like my job to like (laughs) make sure that we get food and like that we are safe and all of this and I'm like okay I got this I made sure I found gloves like you know and I have like these missions that I go on but it's keeping me like it's giving me something to do honestly so that's like actually I guess like a blessing I mean not something I would like to have to do or choose to do but it's like a blessing that I have people to take care of and like I have my mom that I want to make sure that she's like totally taken care of and has everything she needs so I'm like all the time like what do we need what do we have like what are we short on like do we need more gloves do we need more sanitizer (laughs) (laughs) you know and even with my boyfriend too like you know I'm still seeing him he's actually still working he's an essential quote-unquote business or whatever but he's being like very very careful and um but I'm seeing him on the weekend. So I'm like, okay, what do we need? I'm picking up this. Do you need that? Do you have this? Do you have masks? And we're like changing stuff. So I've got like this little, and same with my dad. He'll be like, you know, I'm going to the store. I'm doing this. What do we need? And it's, we've got this little like network going, like a system, you know, to make sure people are, are taken care of. I love it. Well, you sound 
like you do take care of other people. Is that something you do all the time? Is that fulfilling? Or is it something that you do to your own detriment? How is that balanced in your life in normal circumstances? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely am like a like a Jewish mother in training type person. Like, <laughs> you know, just I want to make sure people are taken care of. I very much like when I host or when I have people over, which I do like to host. So um, I'm, I'm always like, you know, making sure people are comfortable and taken care of and and all of that. So it is, you know, I'm happy to do it. Like, I'm, I'm very happy to do it. It makes me feel good to know that, like, people are taken care of and that, like, well, that's like in what's going on right now, like that, like that, I can at least do that for for those people, or like that, I can at least make sure that like we have the necessities at this moment. Right. <laughs> I think, like I said, it's just it's elevated. Everything is elevated right now. Right. So even what I was saying before about like people's feelings on a day to day, it's like the same thing with that right now. Like, yeah, I take care of people normally, but right now it's like on a very high level. Right. So I think just everything is like really heightened even in my day-to-day life like I've noticed that like every emotion is heightened like when I'm sad I'm like just like on the floor like can't take it sad when I'm like laughing I'm like hysterically laughing (laughs) like my mom and I were crying on the phone the other day but because we laughed so hard (laughs) like it was a positive crying like we have not laughed that hard in ages we were on FaceTime we were literally like in tears weeping because it was so funny you know, so it's just, I feel like I'm Dr. Jekyll and Hyde, though, to be honest with you, because I'm, like, so high and so low. Like, I right. go back and forth literally every 10 minutes. Aww. So, it's just, everything is, is up there. Well, so, you, I feel like that's the same thing with the way I'm, like, taking care of people. It's, like, it's to the nth degree. Well, you're not alone in that. It sounds like that might be something you do all the time, because you said you're a workaholic. So, like, right now, you're being a caraholic, a corona caraholic. Yeah. I'm a workaholic, like, in that extreme. I just mean, like, I work hard, but I also, like, play hard. You know, it's like, but I'm I'm sort of an extremist, I guess, in that sense of, like, if I'm doing something, I'm doing it, like, 100%. Yeah. Well, what are you doing to take care of yourself? Because you're giving 100% to everyone around you and taking care of them. And how are you taking care of Sarah 100%? Good question. <laughs> trying not to die. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just like I said before, like I'm trying to sort of be on like a bit of a schedule, which I'm not doing a great job of, but trying to at least like have time off of like the news and all of that. Like I deleted the app from my phone because that was making me psycho like the first week. And I was like, you know what? I got to stop reading because they go down the hole and like I literally go into like a spiral of just reading and reading and reading and I'm like oh my god you have to stop so that's one thing just to insane. that's and great then, that's um, actually great I saw that was like number one on the list of self-care and mental health during this time was to turn off the news <laughs> so. yeah and then I need to like I realize I need to like connect often like I need to like see my mom like every day whether it's on like FaceTime or, like, in person or, like, even on the phone or whatever. And, like, it's been nice to, like, still be able to see my boyfriend, like, on the weekends because that's, like, a sense of normalcy because that's what we normally do. And, you know, still having that, like, quote-unquote weekend. So those are, like, important things. And I noticed, like, when I didn't do all of that, I started, like, having a harder time. 
Okay. So I think just making sure that I, like, take care of myself. And then even, like, connecting with friends and the rest of my family and, like, seeing people even virtually, like, it really does help. It's very, very weird, and I'm not a FaceTime person in general, like, in real life. <laughs> in real life. Like, this is fake life. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I don't really do, like, video chat, because I normally, if I want to see somebody, I just see them, Um, but it's become, like, sort of something I do a lot now, and it's really, really nice, and, like, I always feel way better after connecting, even if it's for, like, a short time, it's just, like, you feel, you really do feel like they're there, like, I was talking to my best friend towards the beginning, and we always, like, do puzzles, and that's something we do together in person. We were like, you know what, we'll each do our own, and we'll just go on video chat. And I literally thought she was there. Like, I got up to the bathroom, and I was like, I I genuinely forgot she wasn't there in person. Right. Because we were on for so long. Like, we were on there for, like, four hours or something. It's not ideal, but thank God that's another, like, corona blessing. Like, thank God we have that technology now. Like, can you imagine doing this when you didn't even have a phone? Oh, like impossible. We would all just... I, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think anybody would do it. I think they would all just say, you know what? <laughs> F you. We're just going to go out anyway. But right. it's like we have all this... We can, for lack of a better word, we can literally like see each other right. all the time. Well, so that's, it's like, no, that's so amazing. And that's number two on the mental health list. Other than turning off the news, the second thing would be to increase your emotional connection. Since you can't do it physically, then you can connect emotionally, mentally, spiritually, intellectually. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are taking classes and connecting intellectually that way. Right? And like I said, I've literally talked to people way more often than I normally do. Like, my best friend that lives in New York, I've talked to her already like two or three times, and I normally barely ever get to talk to her because we're working and there's a time difference and all that. I'm on with my mom, like, legit, like, for hours and hours and hours on FaceTime. Like, I mean, and we always talk a lot, like, all the time, but normally I work all day, you know? So it's like, I have more time now, so we're just sitting on the, I don't have to wake up early, so I don't have to, you know, and I get to, even whether we're on a walk in person or, or on the you know, video chat is like, I'm getting to see her more and like, you know, even connecting with my boyfriend and checking in during the week more and making sure, you know, that we're there for each other if we need stuff. And, and he's been like, you know, great and making sure I have supplies and things that I can't get because I have, I have asthma actually. So like, I'm not supposed to do a lot of stuff and he'll like make sure that we have things that I need also. So, you know, just in general and like, and, and with my dad and ordering stuff that we need and just, shipping it to my house and you know it's it's having like the connect there is like it really does make you feel better so I think that's something I didn't realize at the beginning and I was like wow I'm just gonna sit here like what am I gonna (laughs) (laughs) but I'm I really am like I feel like I'm hanging out with people more often than I normally would I love it I love it and that's really cool I know. I love it. And thank you so much. I got chills when you were talking about your mom. And I just think, wow, she's so lucky and you're so lucky to have each other. And how talking about your family and your boyfriend and your friends, how lucky and wealthy and rich we are. And to be grateful for that, because right now, nothing else matters. I mean, it doesn't matter the money, the clothes, the Right? I mean, really, what else matters except for caring about other people in your life? 
Oh, I know. And everyone's worried about the economy and this and that and the other. And I was like, and I'm I'm normally very, very, like, frugal. I do not spend any money. And now I'm like, take the money. Nobody cares because it's a difference of, like, you know, having to come in contact with someone to get food or spending an extra $5, you know? And I'm like, also so grateful for that, that, like, we have the means to do that to keep ourselves safe, you know, even though normally it's like the money is not important. Right. But... At the same time, it's like that's another gratitude thing that, like, again, we have the roof over our head. We have the means to, like, be safe. Just had a flash. Maybe that's part of the lessons that the corona pandemic is here to teach everybody all over the world to stop holding on so hard to some of these material things because they can easily mm-hmm. be gone in a second. Like you said, it doesn't matter even about the money because what's more important is making sure you're safe and your family's safe, that you can be there for each other because that is the medicine that's going to heal the planet. Yeah. The vaccine. I mean, maybe we're going to get a vaccine, but the vaccine that we really need, and I got chills again, is what you're talking about. The vaccine that gives us a shot of what really matters, maybe gives us a couple of cc's of gratitude and a couple of cc's of compassion and a couple of cc's oh, totally. of, right of love that's what they should put in the antidotes and in the vaccine just like a little bit yeah. of love a little bit of compassion a little bit of kindness a little bit of caring you sound like you already have it so i'll take whatever vaccine you've been having <laughs> i'll take <laughs> no, some of true. that the drink pe- the way people are like reaching out to people and like there's so many like videos of people doing like kind things and like there's this thing that, I've only seen one episode, I don't even know if there's more, but uh, John Krasinski has this thing called Some Good News, and it's been on YouTube, and it's like, I, I won't give it away, but it's like, they have great, like, good news, because everybody's, like, so depressed right now, so it's, like, just some uplifting stuff, oh. and there's so many things like that around, that's just one of them, but I've just noticed, like, so many, like, influencing people and celebrities and people that people will listen to are just, like... Because, again, they're not doing anything either. So they're just giving back, which is so nice. And I think you need more of that. In the world. I love it. Thank you so much, Sarah. Well, I'll just tell you right now that you've lifted my spirits and put a smile on my face from head to toes. I hope we've done the same for you and that you'll be able to get some nice, sweet, soft, soothing slumber tonight. I'm going to I'll video chat my mom and hug her over Oh. <laughs> I will be so happy when I can hug her in person. Though. Oh, be my a good gosh. Day. And I'm sure she'll be so happy. And I know I can feel right now that she is so honored and privileged to have you as a daughter. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, am, I am lucky. Oh, well, thank you. And I feel lucky to have spoken with you. So thanks, Sarah. I wish you all the most amazing blessings in the world and lots of love light and laughter to you so thanks for calling thank in. you okay. thanks for doing your show oh. it's really fun i always listen to it late night when i'm up so oh, well, thanks thank for putting you. great content out there for the late night Oh, how sweet. Oh, you've touched my heart again. Well, thank you. And I'm going to sleep well tonight also. So thank you, Sarah. And it's been a pleasure. No problem. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Here's a mindfulness exercise to help you focus and become 
more productive while you're at home with the corona crazies consuming your every waking minute. It's called Eat the Frog First. <laughs> Shorthand for advice attributed to Mark Twain. And another way of saying that if you have an important or undesirable task at hand, it's best to tackle it first. What are the frogs in your life? Here's a simple way to address them. Number one, find a comfortable place to sit and set your timer for five minutes. Imagine a light streaming and screaming for your attention coming down from the sky, providing you with energy and clarity. Consider the task you want to complete today. Notice any sensations in your body as you consider that task. Number two, imagine the light illuminating what you've been avoiding. Imagine the light providing you with energy, enthusiasm, excitement, motivation, and inspiration to take care of the task. Number three, notice the feeling of satisfaction you will have from taking care of the task you've been avoiding. Number four, go even deeper. Were you able to think of that task you're avoiding? Could you feel the sense of energy the light provided? Next time you use this exercise, listen to some energetic music and continue to listen to the music as you complete the task at hand. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have. Tune in nightly at 9 p.m. Pacific Time and midnight Eastern Time to AmericanHeartsRadio.com for another enlightening episode of Sleepless in Studio City. Dr. Debs, deemed the new relationship guru, a West Coast Dr. Laura, and East Coast Carrie Bradshaw, provides comforting, heartfelt help. She will lift your spirits, illuminate your mind, inspire creativity, promote positivity, and empower you to pursue your highest aspirations. You deserve to be the best version of yourself. If you'd like to be a guest caller, featured artist, or have your writing question answered on the show, Feel free to contact Dr. Debs at sleeplessinstudiocity at gmail.com, and she'll schedule you for the next opening. For replay links, updates, and affirmations, please visit facebook.com slash sleeplessinstudiocity or twitter.com slash drdebs. Find full episodes on iTunes. You can also listen to five-minute excerpts on YouTube while watching a soothing, serene slideshow. Dr. Debs is available around the clock for telephone life coaching sessions and the first consultation is free. Contact her at sleeplessinstudiocity at gmail.com to arrange an appointment at your convenience. Dr. Debs will impart weekly wows, words of wisdom, and leave you with esteem builders and confidence boosters to help you transform from the inside out. Repeat often. Say them in the morning, in the evening, while driving, standing in line, or on a lunch break. Speak with conviction, and you will begin to believe. Without further ado, here's Dr. Debs. Thank you, Maxie, for that endearing closing. 
You are a light in my life. You give me hope to carry on. I'm eternally grateful for your love and support. I leave you with these words of wisdom from Rumi. There's a candle in your heart ready to be kindled. There's a void in your soul ready to be filled. You feel it, don't you? <laughs> Set your life on fire. Seek those who fan your flames. I know you're tired, but come, this is the way. Love life as if everything is rigored in your favor. The very center of your heart is where life begins, the most beautiful place on earth. <laughs> Thank you, Rumi. And I leave you with these affirmations. When you fully commit to believing in them, they will help you fight through the high anxiety the coronavirus is causing and allow you to find your way through the storm. With every breath, I release the anxiety within me and I become more calm. I have replaced feelings of overwhelm with faith that everything will work out. I am bigger than any negative thing that could possibly happen to me. I am not afraid to ask for help. I have come so far and will continue to move forward. I am divinely protected. I have the ability to handle any challenge I face with strength and courage. Though things around me may be uncertain, I am certain I will succeed. I am in charge of how I feel tonight. Tonight I am choosing happiness. Peace out. After midnight, we're gonna let it all hang out. After midnight, we're gonna let it all See, after midnight, we're gonna let it all.